Wichita's number one talk. Good morning, 8 o'clock. This is the KNSS Morning News with Steve and Ted. I'm Steve McIntosh. Rain and snow across central Kansas. We have the story. Kansas Governor Kelly delivers the State of the State speech. I'm Ted Woodward. Those details just ahead. I'm Rodney Price. The Wichita City Council hears an update on the city's ethics policies. That story is ahead. I'm KNSS meteorologist and holiday. The storm system that brought us some snow continues to shift on off to the east of us with quiet weather expected throughout the rest of the week. Our complete forecast here in just a few minutes. Wichita City crews fully activated due to the wintry weather and more than 150 workers and 60 trucks with plows and spreaders have been out treating area roads with salt and sand mixture. Interim Assistant Director of Wichita Public Works, Aaron Henning, says they focused on the emergency routes first. We have designated routes that we treat, and uh, for the most part, we only treat those routes. Uh, again, the, the city's paved network is so vast, it would be impossible for us to effectively treat all the city streets. A winter weather advisory was in effect until 6 o'clock this morning. Kansas Governor Laura Kelly, during her State of the State address last evening, promoted her Axe the Tax Plan, eliminating the state sales tax on food, while calling for additional relief on diapers, school supplies, and retirement accounts. The governor said she also plans to fully fund special education in Kansas schools. The special education funding gap doesn't just impact students with special needs. It impacts every student because schools end up diverting funds away from other areas to provide these services. And Governor Kelly used her annual State of the State address yesterday to decry what she called efforts to turn parents against teachers and turn communities against their schools. Governor Kelly spoke about uh, the pursuit of -of middle-of-the-road policies during the speech. In reacting to her speech, Representative Nick Hoheisel, a Wichita Republican, remained skeptical. We've heard this rhetoric from her for years now. Uh, the matter of fact is she's vetoed more than any governor in recent memory. So we'll believe the bipartisanship line of hers when we see it. Police are investigating after a man's body was found in South Wichita. Investigators say 22-year-old Daniel Studebaker was found face down on Southeast Boulevard Monday afternoon. He had been reported missing just a few hours before his body was found. Cause of death remains under investigation. And anyone with information about the case is asked to call police or Crime Stoppers at 267-2111. The Wichita City Council receiving recommendations from the city's ethics advisory board regarding work on the city's ethics policies. The board is currently staffed by the Public Policy and Management Center at Wichita State. The board has met three times to develop and discuss policy issues, board member qualifications, the selection of an ethics officer, and procedures needed for the public to file a valid ethics violation complaint. Kathy Sexton with PPMC said a valid complaint can't be an email or letter. So we thought really what would be best is to make a form that walks people through. This is a requirement. If you don't fill this blank in, you have not completed the requirements of this policy. And so we wanted to require a complaint form. Some of the board's next steps include scheduling policy revisions for a future council meeting, completing current ethics investigations, and creating training videos. Rodney Price, KNSS News. Cleanup efforts are underway in Texas after severe weather brought significant damage to suburbs outside Houston. 
Officials in Deer Park, Texas, confirming a tornado touched down Tuesday afternoon, leaving in its wake downed power lines and damage to multiple buildings. The power will be the biggest issue over the next 24 hours of getting that addressed and getting that turned back on. Deer Park Mayor Jerry Mouton providing an update hours after the tornado struck, urging residents to stay off the roads to allow crews to work on clearing those roads and restoring power. Mouton applauding residents for checking in on each other and thankful that his town has experienced no loss of life from these storms. Just grateful to God that uh, that he was able to protect uh, life in, in here and so we'll deal with the property and, and we will recover and rebuild. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. KNSS News time now, 8.04, four minutes past 8 o'clock. We have Wichita State men's basketball tonight at Coke Arena. We'll preview that, hear from Coach Brown coming up in sports. Former Vice President Mike Pence returning a number of classified documents he had found in his home. That story coming up on the KNSS Morning News with Stephen Ted. The KNSS Morning News with Stephen Ted, 8.08 now, 8 minutes past 8 o'clock. Sedgwick County Commissioners have joined Wichita City Council members for local government day at the Kansas Legislature in Topeka. KNSS News asked County Commission Chair Pete Meitzner about the most important issues for South Central Kansas. We're still supporting big time the, uh, you know, hoping they'll take the, the step for securing the state mental health hospital in this region. And uh, and then, of course, we're supportive of KU and, and WSU getting getting together, uh, teaming up to do that uh, bioscience uh whatever the university they're going to be calling the college downtown. Meissner commented during his weekly chat with Stephen Ted in the morning on KNSS. Former Vice President Mike Pence is returning a number of classified documents he'd found in his home. Fox's Kevin Cork reports. FBI agents actually came to Pence's Indiana home on the night of January the 19th to retrieve documents that the former VP himself had located a few days earlier. That is, of course, with his attorneys. Now, the chair of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer of Kentucky, said in a statement, the former vice president's transparency stands in stark contrast to Biden White House staff who continued to withhold information from Congress and the American people. The Senate is holding a hearing on Ticketmaster after the website crashed during the pre-sale of a Taylor Swift concert tour in November. Fox's Jeff Paul reports. This all started to gain a lot of attention, especially with a bipartisan group of senators in mid-November. That's when Ticketmaster's site crashed during a Taylor Swift pre-sale. Thousands of fans lost out on tickets after waiting in an online queue for hours. Ticketmaster blamed it on a bot attack, which basically poses as people to then eventually resell and jack up the price on the secondary market. But senators on both sides of the aisle aren't buying it. Ticketmaster is the largest ticket seller in the world world, which is owned by Live Nation Entertainment. Live Nation puts on a lot of these big-name shows, and many venues feel forced to use Ticketmaster out of fear that Live Nation would find a different venue. Live Nation President Joe Berkshold apologizing for the fiasco Tuesday, and he's promising they will do better. The Republican National Committee holding its winter meeting this week. The winter meeting of the Republican National Committee kicks off today in Southern California and is expected to include a three-way race for the position of RNC chairman. Current chair Ronna McDaniel is seeking a fourth term and is being challenged by MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell and Harmeet Dillon, who worked with former President Trump on election cases. 
The chair election is set to take place on Friday, the final day of the meeting, which is being held at the Waldorf Astoria in Dana Point, California, and is expected to be attended by its 168 voting members. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. KNS has news time now, 8-11, 11 11 minutes past 8 o'clock. Plenty of uh, slide-offs and traffic accidents out there right now. We've uh, got word now of one that's uh, at the North Junction, basically, uh, I-235 ramp to uh, I-135. We've also got the report of a, not really a slide-off, kind of a slide into the median. This was uh, westbound on Kellogg by Greenwich Road. It was a vehicle facing the wrong way right up against the median there. Uh, Looks like they're getting... Uh, things taken care of in that area, but uh, still slow down around that. Traffic update, 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. It's brought to you by Joe Dubrava and Carl's Goodyear Tire. Located downtown at Market and Waterman and online at carlstire.com. Your home for complete car care. Now the forecast with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holiday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. The storm system that brought us some snow across south central Kansas continues to make its way further east going to be cloudy and breezy throughout the rest of today. Our high temperature 36. Partly cloudy overnight. Charlotte 23. Sunny on Thursday with a high 39. And a brief warm-up Friday to 51. I'm KNSS meteorologist Dan Holiday. Now cloudy sky. We have a north wind at 17 miles per hour and 30 degrees. Stephen Ted on this Wednesday, January 25th. We had a cloudy, rainy day across central Kansas Tuesday, which has high temperature Yesterday was 36 degrees, normal high, 45. And uh, we don't have any snow totals right now, but as of midnight last, uh, National Weather Service had one inch of snowfall or one inch of snow depth uh, on the ground near Eisenhower National Airport. On this date in 1915, America's first official transcontinental telephone call took place as Alexander Graham Bell, who was in New York, spoke to his former assistant, Thomas Watson, who was in San Francisco over a line uh, set up by American Telephone and Telegraph, 1915. The, that was uh, only in 1915. Yeah. My gosh. During World War I, as it were. But what a huge advancement that was, not only for the United States, but for all of mankind to be able to do long-distance telephone. And I don't, you know, now we take, it's another one of those things we take for granted. I didn't realize Bell was still alive in 1915. Uh, 19th, yeah, apparently so. That's what, <laughs> that's what it says here. Walmart is, uh, they're saying that U.S. workers are going to get a pay raise next month, increasing uh, starting wages to between 14 and $19 an hour. Company president, CEO John Ferner, told employees in a memo that the pay raises will be reflected in their March 2nd paychecks and will come through a combination of targeted and regular annual pay increases. Workers at 3,000 stores will get raises, increasing average pay to $17.50 an hour. That's up from $17. Walmart is going to get a raise. How about that? State Judiciary Committee, uh, Senate Judiciary Committee, that is, is probing Ticketmaster and its practices, selling tickets for the nation's concerts following Taylor Swift debacle. And this morning with more on this story, Fox News Radio's Ryan Spells with us. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, good morning, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. This came in an incident where Taylor Swift was going to have a concert, and everything got, well, messed up, I guess you could say. Right. right? And some of those fans, apparently, to to do a little Taylor Swift reference here, have not shaken off 
uh, their anger with Live Nation over that debacle. And, and, and a lot of them were actually outside protesting during the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. So, yeah, uh, Live Nation uh, to the Senate Judiciary Committee b- mostly blamed bots for the attack, said they need to do better, apologized to those impacted, and also accept their responsibility, but did, al- did also ask for Congress to take some action here. Okay, so uh, I'm not very terribly familiar with how, how, how these things are done, but if a, if a concert's coming to town, uh, I can go to just one place to, to get the tickets online. Is that correct? Usually, usually yes. The, the, the event spot will have a vendor through that, that space. And usually, and Live Nation kind of controls a significant amount of the market. And what also kind of becomes an issue here is that a lot of these uh, events, like, like Taylor Swift, for example, uh, these events are starting to charge a significant amount of fees. And, and, and a lot of people feel like, uh, and Amy Klobuchar kind of pointed out one of the examples she used is that the average uh, fees now average 27 percent of the ticket cost and, to, and can climb to as high as 75 percent. So eventually you end up in some cases you end up paying more in fees than you do for the actual uh, cost of the ticket. Mm. And for the the artist involved, I guess. So, wow, that's a pretty good hefty fee to take <laughs> just selling tickets. Can you still go to can you still go to the arena beforehand and, and say hey I'd like to buy a ticket or can you do that? Hey, I think I, I think that would probably depend on the arena and also who their ticket vendor is. So you have to think that you know uh, a lot of baseball stadiums still have a box office you can go up to, especially when they're not selling tickets. You know, uh, for 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 a game. You know, so so there are certain places where you can still get tickets at the door and all that. But I'm sure in some cases some of them still charge fees depending on who the vendor is through. If it's a Live Nation vendor, they're probably going to still charge fees and all that. But, um, you know, a lot of these different venues, especially like in the NFL, a lot of them have gone full-on digital. So you almost have to go online now well, sure. uh, in many cases to get to get your ticket. Yeah. I've been through that before. That's, that's interesting. For an old-timer like me, that's interesting, too. I'm just <laughs> going up to the box office and saying, hey, I need a ticket. But uh, yeah, don't do that anymore. All right. Hey, listen, Ryan, thank you. Appreciate your uh, your information this morning. Fox News Radio's. Ryan Schmelz with Stephen Ted in the morning here on KNSS. That's an entertaining story. But we've got some more entertainment news coming up with the blur of Ted Woodward here in just a few minutes. Right now, though. We yeah, well, I saw some snowfall totals, too. Oh, did you? Wichita got an inch and a half. Goddard got two. Bell Plain got three. Winfield got two. So it's one anywhere of those, from one to three, it's depending one of those, where you are. When it comes to snow depth, it's not even all across. the. It's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From neighborhood to neighborhood. 817 now. Make it 818. Stephen Ted in the morning on KNSS. It is sports time with Ted Woodward and Shocker basketball tonight. Right, Ted? Yeah, late night for Shocker hoops tonight at Coke Arena, Wichita State hosting Tulane. The Shockers have won three of their last four games. Tulane comes in with a record of 12 and 7. Now, these teams met twice last year. Tulane won both of those games by one point. Ooh. And maybe that's why FanDuel can't even decide who will win tonight. Basically, it's a toss-up on the odds as well. Wichita State has won three of its last four, like we said. Here's some thoughts on the, tonight's game from Shocker head coach Isaac Brown. Yeah, we got to value the basketball, make sure we don't turn it over. Uh, want to try to get out in transition to get some easy baskets, try to beat the zone defense down the floor. If we get down and we got to go against a set defense, we got to move the basketball. We can't stand. We can't just take the first wide open three. We got to move the ball, try to play inside, inside out, and we got to get a great shot every time. And defensively, we got to make them go against a set defense. All shots got to be contested. We got to guard without fouling because they're a good free throw shooting team as well. 
There you go. The Shockers and the Green Wave tonight. Mike Kennedy and Dave Dahl will begin their pregame coverage at 7 o'clock. The game will tip off at 8 o'clock tonight in Coke Arena. Listen to the Shockers live on 103.7 KEYN. We had men's basketball action last night for 5th-ranked Kansas State. The Wildcats on the road visiting 12th-ranked Iowa State. K-State did lead at halftime, but the Cyclones were the better team in the second half. Iowa State still has not lost a home game yet this season. The Cyclones win it 80-76 in front of a sellout crowd in Ames. 14,000 people on hand for that. K-State's first loss this season when leading at half. Also, K-State's first loss by single digits this season. So, after that game, this leaves us with a three-way tie for first place atop the Big 12 Conference. These two teams, K-State, Iowa State, and Texas, are the three that are now tied for first atop the conference. We had JUCO basketball action last night. The Butler Community College women and men on the road up in the northwest part of the state taking on Colby. Starting off with the Butler women, they're ranked 23rd in the nation, and they beat Colby by 41 points, 91-50, to ending Colby at 17th straight loss. The Butler women are on a six-game winning streak, now 16-3 and on the season. After that, the Butler men, Butler men ranked 16th in the nation, visiting Colby, and Dennis Higgins had the call of that game over on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Pass goes to Brown, kicks it out. Here's a left-wing three by Payne. No, it rims out. Oda Connor gets the rebound and dunks it. Oh, my, look at the stanchion shake. Isaac Odekana off the miss three by Payne, got the rebound, turned, pivoted, and slammed it through. It looked for a moment like the backboard might come down. Yeah. Butler wins that game 72-67. By the way, that was a makeup of a game that got snowed out last week. Butler is on a six-game winning streak for the men. They're now 16-4 on the season. First win in Colby in seven years. And Butler turns right around and plays again tonight. Up in the same area, it's Butler visiting Northwest Kansas Tech, a team that has lost eight in a row. Dennis Higgins will have live coverage again of Butler Grizzlies at 8.15 tonight. You can listen to that game on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Pro basketball in the NBA last night. New York Knicks at home at Madison Square Garden beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 105-103. to Starting at guard for the Knicks, Former Kansas Jayhawk, Quentin Grimes, had 10 points and 3 assists. The Knicks, with the win, snap a four-game losing streak. They're in the number 7 spot in the Eastern Conference. And great recognition for two elite high school basketball players right here in the Wichita area. In girls basketball, Derby superstar Addie Brown named the McDonald's High School All-American roster. She Once she's done at Derby, she'll be heading for Iowa State for her college years. But she's a McDonald's High School All-American. As is, on the boys' side, Matas Bazalis. Six foot ten, big guy. Plays for Sunrise Christian Academy in Bel Air. And he's already committed to the NBA G League when he's done at Sunrise. And he was named McDonald's High School All-American. So we have two high school All-Americans playing basketball right here in the Wichita area. Yeah, how about that? Go, oh. go and see them play while you can. Yeah. That's sports with Stephen Ted. 822 now. Keep it here for the Hannity Morning Minute. Gas prices is going up again. That's on the way. Stephen Ted in the morning here on KNSS. This is Stephen Ted on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Good morning, Steve McIntosh, Ted Woodward, 8.30 here on this Wednesday morning, and 30 degrees 
It's up to the Speaker of the House and the President to figure out a debt limit deal. Any solution to raising the debt limit rests with talks between House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and President Biden. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell says. So I think it's entirely reasonable for the new Speaker and his team to put spending reduction on the table. Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre insists the debt limit should be raised without conditions. They want to uh, cut uh, programs that Americans have paid into, that's going to hurt senior citizens, that's going to hurt our veterans, that's going to hurt ta- taxpayers. President Biden says he does plan to meet with McCarthy about reducing the debt and deficits. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. An investigation underway in Finney County after a woman was found dead outside her home Monday afternoon in Canton. The woman identified as 52-year-old Brianna Lance. The KBI says she had signs of injury and trauma. Her 18-year-old son was arrested on suspicion of second-degree murder. City council members got a progress report on a project to make healthy food more accessible to Wichitans. The Healthy Corner Store Initiative project is about three-quarters of the way complete. Work began in 2020 to create a city and county food system master plan with a goal of improving access to healthy food. Project partners say several factors are key to making the program successful. They stress the importance of working with existing food distribution organizations who have experience in transporting produce to the marketplace. Stores must also have support to display and market the produce and to be able to accept government assistance programs like SNAP and WIC. The project steering committee has identified neighborhoods of low income and low access to transportation that would benefit greatly from the pilot project. The goal is for six stores to open by the end of this year, another 12 by the end of 2024. Rodney Price, KNSS News. The gunman suspected of killing three people at a convenience store in Washington State is now dead. Hours after the manhunt began for 21-year-old Jared Haddock, confirmation that the suspect took his own life. The suspect uh, apparently shot and killed himself, and that was prior to officers' arrival. Yakima Police Chief Matt Murray, authorities tipped off by a 911 caller who had loaned her phone to Haddock. He then called his mother, and he made several incriminating statements, including, I killed those people. Police initially surrounding a nearby home where Haddock was believed to be inside. It was determined he was no longer there. The motive behind the shooting remains unknown, but the Yakima Police Department continues to investigate. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. As the drought continues across the western U.S., some communities are facing municipal water shortages. Sedgwick County Commission Chair Pete Meitzner tells KNSS News, Sedgwick County's in good shape water-wise. But having two sources of water, meaning... Cheney Lake, which really continues. So I think it's like the only large state lake that doesn't have a, a lot of silt and, and, and runoff that has to be dredged based on our, our agreements with the farms that go along the river there that feed that. And then we've got the, uh, you know, the aquifer as another source of water. So uh, we've got two sources, and uh, I think it's balanced out pretty well. Meitzner commented during his weekly chat with Stephen Ted in the morning on KNSS. Now we'll look at the forecast with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holliday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. As snow began yesterday in Wichita, much of it melted as it hit the ground, but officially we're seeing just over an inch and a half of accumulation through the duration of this storm. It's now making its way further east, becoming breezy today with cloud cover, our high 36. Partly cloudy and 23 overnight, tomorrow's high 39.
I'm KNSS, meteorologist Ann Holiday. Now a cloudy sky, 30 degrees. We have a north wind at 17 miles per hour. 8.35 now, Stephen Ted in the morning here on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Time for entertainment news. It's The Blur with Ted Woodward. Ted? Yeah, an actress who made her mark in a 1960s cult classic has died. Actress Betty Sturm, who appeared in the Frank Zappa scored film The World's Greatest Sinner, has died at the age of 89. Her son, telling Fox News Digital, the actress passed away of Alzheimer's disease. In the film, released in 1962, Sturm played the follower, lover of Clarence Hilliard, the character created and played by Timothy Carey. The movie is best known by its soundtrack. Sturm was raised in Spain and Germany and came to Hollywood in the 50s. During her time, she became friends with comedian Joanne Worley and Munster's actress, Pat Priest. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Bipartisan lawmakers holding a hearing with Ticketmaster. Millions of Taylor Swift fans were prevented from buying tickets for her upcoming tour. The head of Live Nation apologized to fans and Swift, but said, don't blame me when it comes to problems buying tickets. Live Nation says it was pelted with bots three times the amount of traffic it's ever encountered. But lawmakers said banks and healthcare companies don't have the same issues. The Government Accountability Office says 27% of the price of tickets goes toward fees, but there's a dispute as to who sets the fees, ticket companies, venues, or someone else. There's been criticism of Ticketmaster for three decades. Pearl Jam raised hackles about fees in the 1990s, and with the Taylor Swift fan base energized, lawmakers can't shake it off. Fox's Chad Pergram with that report from Capitol Hill. All right, the Oscar nominations coming out yesterday. The Oscars will see a couple of box office smashes vying for Best Picture. I am queen of the most powerful nation in the world! Actors who appear in the Marvel Universe films never get nominated for an Oscar until now. Angela Bassett is up for supporting actress for her role in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. They will not stop until the whole of Africa is theirs. The Woman King was shut out completely from the nominations. No women were nominated for Best Director. I won the lottery. I was the one who won the lottery. How did Andrea Riseborough get nominated for Best Actress? She was in a little scene film called Two Leslie. Riseborough benefited from a last-minute celebrity campaign to draw attention to her work. I'm Archie Zaraleta. Yeah, that report from the Associated Press and uh, more on the Oscar nominations. The Oscar nominations kept the trophy dreams going in the multiverse with 11 leading nominations for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, followed by the Banshees of Inishirin and All Quiet on the Western Front with nine. Way! Elvis grabbed eight, the Fablemans with seven, Tar and Top Gun Maverick with six each. And even though Black Panther Wakanda Forever scored five, it did not receive a Best Picture nod along with the others. Also vying for the night's big Oscar, Avatar, The Way of Water, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. This year's Academy Awards air live on ABC with Jimmy Kimmel back for a third time as host. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Let's see what's going on in the world of country music. I'm Michelle Polino on the road again. Willie Nelson will celebrate his 90th birthday with friends and family doing the thing he loves to do. Nelson will host an all-star two-day concert at the Hollywood Bowl, April 29th and 30th, and will feature Nelson and dozens of performers, including Chris Stapleton, Lyle Lovett, Miranda Lambert, Roseanne Cash, Snoop Dogg, 
The Chicks, Casey Musgraves, and more. The singer-songwriter is still going strong six decades in with a new album, I Don't Know a Thing About Love, coming in March, and a five-part documentary premiering at the Sundance Film Festival. He's also nominated for four Grammys this year. Tickets for the concerts go on sale Saturday. And country superstar Chris Stapleton has also been tapped to sing the national anthem at this year's Super Bowl. With Rihanna headlining this year's halftime show, the game airs on Fox February 12th. That's Fox Country on Fox News. Happy birthday today to actress Lee Taylor Young. She is 78 today. I think I have a huge crush on Lee oh, Taylor Young. When very, she's on screen, man, very, very I, just pretty. Kind of, I just kind of melt oh, yeah. sitting there. She was in I Love You, Alice B. Toklas, The Horseman, Soylent Green. She got her big break when she was cast in the uh, TV show Peyton Place, Primetime. Yeah. Yeah. Lee Taylor. And she was married to Ryan O'Neill back in the late yeah. 60s and early 70s. That was her first husband. Lee Taylor Young, actress. She is 78 today. It's her birthday. All right, 60 years ago on this day, it came out in Wichita movie theaters. The movie The Raven, comedy gothic horror film directed by Roger Corman. Starring Vincent Price, Peter Lorre, and Boris Karloff as a trio of rival sorcerers. Also, Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson. plays gonna... Peter Lorre's son. Yes, I remember that. I think I saw it at the Orpheum or the See, Miller. there you go. Yeah. Oh, boy, this movie. It was written by Richard Matheson, great screenwriter. based on One of my favorite writers. Based on Edgar Allan Poe's poem, The Raven, loosely based. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a comedy horror film, so, I mean, it's not dripping with greatness. <laughs> it no. is what it is. Uh, they shot this thing in 15 days. They did it in two weeks, and you can kind of tell. What? Well, that's Roger Corman right there. During shooting, Peter Lorre apparently ad-libbed a number of lines. One of his ad-libs was, hard place to keep clean. <laughs> Another time, Vincent Price asks, shall I ever see the rare and radiant Lenore again? And Peter Lorre said, how the hell should I know? really. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, Peter Lorre's improvs confused Vincent Price and Boris Karloff. Boris especially did not handle it well. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Uh, tension between there was also tension on the set between Peter Lorre and Jack Nicholson, the father and son combo. Says the actors did not get along well, really? so things were not going well there. <laughs> and Vincent Price also had details about the final big duel in the film between him and Boris Karloff. Says Boris was strung up in the air on these chairs, he was terribly crippled, and we were both floating in the air on these wires. It was not a pleasant feeling, and I hated having that snake wrapped around my neck for two hours. I hate snakes. Says Vincent Price. <laughs> and Boris Karloff later complained that he was annoyed because he had to wear a heavy cape during the entire film. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. 60, today is the 60th anniversary of the movie The Raven. Came out in Wichita movie theaters 60 years ago today, and Steve McIntosh went and saw that movie. Yep, I think I did. In the, in the theaters. All right, let's finish up with the late night crew. Let's hit the, the late, late show with James Corden, CBS. Top Gun Maverick was nominated for Best Picture as a producer. If the movie wins, it would be, if it wins, it would be Tom Cruise's first ever Academy Award. If Top Gun Maverick wins, it will also be the first Best Picture winner in a decade that anybody has actually seen. <laughs> well, late night with Seth Meyers, NBC. <laughs> CNN 
has reported that a lawyer for former Vice President Mike Pence found a dozen classified documents last week at Pence's Indiana home. Okay, so they're just in every home? <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense anymore. When you buy a new house and you move in, there's just classified documents sitting on the counter next to that half roll of paper towels and box of baking soda? <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. Uh, of course, Jimmy Kimmel Live on ABC, uh, joking about director James Cameron not being nominated for an Oscar as Best Director. James Cameron's Avatar 2 didn't get a Best Director nomination for Cameron, even though his movie was nominated for Best Picture, which is what you get for making us put on those dumb glasses for four hours. <laughs> And uh, The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, NBC. Today, the nominations were announced for the 95th Academy Awards. Yeah. <laughs> Leading the way with 11 nominations is the movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. <laughs> it's a film about all the places they found President Biden's classified documents. <laughs> it's entertainment news in the blur with Stephen Ted. Uh, it's at eight forty-four now. Stephen Ted coming up the Wichita Business Journal update. Funeral services uh, set for Bill Roy. That's on the way. Stephen Ted in the morning here on KNSS. Stephen Ted in the morning on KNSS. Stephen Ted in the morning, KNSS, 849 here on this Wednesday morning. Three big things. Three. Overnight storm brings rain and snow to central Kansas. Two. Tornado causes heavy damage in Houston suburbs. No fatalities reported. One. Kansas Governor Kelly pushes middle-of-the-road policies and food tax cut in state-of-the-state speech. Three big things, Stephen Ted on KNSS. Traffic this morning here in the Wichita area. We've got uh, three vehicles involved in a traffic accident. Uh, this is westbound Kellogg, uh, right around 119th Street West, uh, just a little ways west of there, actually. Uh, you'll want to avoid that area for the time being. Again, that's uh, three vehicles involved, westbound Kellogg, uh, bet or between 119th West and 135th West. Traffic update from 98.7 at 1330 KNSS. I'm Jad Chambers. Mostly cloudy today with a high of 36 degrees, partly cloudy and cool tonight. The overnight low 23. Thursday, mostly sunny. Tomorrow's high 39 degrees. Now a cloudy sky, 30 degrees, and we have a north wind at 17 miles per hour. KNSS weather brought to you by the Monarch, featuring a variety of apparel, glassware, and gifts for the bourbon lover in your life. Available for purchase at the Monarch 579 West Douglas. Stephen Taylor in the morning and on uh, the Wall Street this morning. The S&P is down 41 points. Dow is down 240. The Nasdaq is down 190 points. Justice Department and eight states have filed an antitrust suit against Google. Suit seeks to shatter Google's alleged monopoly on the entire ecosystem of online advertising as a hurtful burden to advertisers, consumers, and even the U.S. government. Government alleges that Google's plan to assert dominance has been to neutralize or eliminate rivals through acquisitions and to force advertisers to use its products by making it difficult to use competitors' products. And let's take a look at a local business update from the Wichita Business Journal. Wichita State University is going to invest in upgrades for another of its sports facilities, this time for the softball program. 
WSU will begin work on the first phase of a $17 million renovation for Wilkins Stadium, starting with a new softball team complex and indoor practice facility. Wichita State says the Wilkins Stadium project is paid for in part by $700,000 from a couple of separate gifts, $600,000 coming from a $1.1 million estate gift from longtime Shocker athletic supporter Linda Park, and $100,000 is coming from Jeannie and Ricky Brotherton. A funeral service for Wichita Business Journal editor Bill Roy will be held at 2 p.m. on February 7th at Wichita's Central Community Church, 6100 West Maple, Roy died Sunday of complications from ALS, Lou Gehrig disease. He had been diagnosed with the disease in 2019. A service will also be held in Lenexa at Porter Funeral Home at 2 p.m. on February 4th. Uh, Bill grew up in Overland Park and graduated from Shawnee Mission North High School. In lieu of flowers, the family suggests donations be made to Project ALS and the 199 Reintegration Program. That's a Johnson County nonprofit that supports survivors of human sex trafficking. And again, the service for our, our good friend Bill Roy on the 7th, I believe that's a Tuesday, Ted, Central Community Church, 6100 West Maple. Should have uh, plenty of room there. And we anticipate a good many friends of Bill will be out to pay tribute to him and his life. That's business news this morning from the Wichita Business Journal. Steve and Ted in the morning. Uh, six uh, 8.52 now here. Uh, just uh, got an announcement that, uh, or a news release, that is, that the annual point-in-time homeless count, uh, a national effort undertaken once a year by professionals and volunteers to estimate the number of Americans who don't have safe and stable housing, and it's tomorrow uh, here in across Sedgwick County. And uh, I have just uh, been in contact with Deanne Smith, who is the executive director of the United Methodist Open Door, Mm-hmm. And she's one of the people who is participating in this count. And Deanne's uh, going to be with us tomorrow morning in the 8 o'clock hour to give us an update. This thing is going to start out early in the morning, uh, 4.45 in the morning, and they're going to be counting the homeless. And a lot of, uh, you know, some uh, funding and so forth depends on, on what happens every year with this. So we'll be hearing from Deanne Smith tomorrow morning here with Steve and Ted. Uh, good, good. Basketball tonight. Ted, the Shocker's in action, and you're going to be – Privilege to do the PA announcing there again. And uh, yep, this, this soccer men and Tulane tonight at Coke this, Arena. Is this your third year or fourth year doing PA? This is my third doing third men's year. PA, yeah. All right. And uh, a lot of a lot of excitement there at the arena tonight. Yeah, looking forward to it. There's not too many home games left, so you know, yes, I like each, look forward to each one of them. Yesterday morning, when it was, I guess it was morning, after I got off work, went home and uh, – and Shelly and I were watching, maybe it was in the afternoon anyway. I, I think it was during my nap and I woke up. But anyway, The Magnificent Seven was, oh, on, was on TV. Love the, that movie. The original movie, uh, of course, with Yul Brenner and a cast of big names. Some of those guys weren't big names yet, but they would be. I mean, McQueen was just starting out. He was one of them. But uh, it was interesting to watch the way they did movies in those days. I remember seeing that. That is one movie. of my favorite Westerns. Saw it in a theater. Saw it in the oh, theater. Oh, man. I've in, never seen that movie in a theater. In Kingman, Kansas, when I was, I think, nine years old, maybe, when it first came mm. out. And, of course, we at that time, we were still playing Cowboys and Indians, you know, and uh, with our fake gun battles and all that. So we That went movie's got a great score, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. All the characters are... Well, all of them are pretty strong in that. In that, Robert Vaughn was in it. Mm-hmm. 
Coburn, who James became Coburn, the man. Yeah. The, uh, Derek Flint. Yeah, yeah, a lot of great character actors. An interesting show. The Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven. All right. Well, uh, you be safe tonight driving to the arena. We'll be back here tomorrow morning, yep, as yep. always. Steve and Ted, we got to do show number. Steve and Ted, show number 6,342 tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. Well, oh, got to write that down. We'll be here. That's, again, 6342. Mm. On the way this morning on KNSS, the Glenn Beck program, as always. Author Taylor Marshall will be here to uh, talk about the papacy and the church, uh, the Catholic Church. That's coming up. And we have our news at the top of the hour. Kansas governor pushing middle-of-the-road policy in her state-of-the-state speech. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for Glenn Beck, the Dana Lash Show. And news updates all day. Steve and Ted in the morning on 98.7, 1330, KNSS, Wichita. Looking for a high today of 36 degrees. Right now, 30. Get Wichita Business Journal updates on KNSS.